Derek Wetmore is here from the Touch 'Em All Twins podcast. You can find our Twins conversations anywhere you would subscribe to podcasts or 1500ESPN.com, the mobile app. Um, some bad news was delivered to basically every team in baseball not on the West Coast and or spring training in Arizona. Shohei Otani has narrowed his list down to he's the Japanese Babe Ruth who can throw 100 miles an hour and who can hit for power, wants to do both. Uh, so the Twins were checked off of his list and 23 other teams were as well. And it's mostly, it's like San Diego, it's it's L.A., Seattle, and then the Cubs and the Rangers are the only non-West Coast teams, but they have spring training in Arizona. So the Twins can move on, right? It's disappointing, but you have to move on. The The Twins, I think, thought they were in the sweepstakes, and it would have been a big ad for them. But there's a couple other things that I think they can do with that money now, and their, their offseason is no longer going to be tied up by the pursuit of Otani. Now, I think if you're the Twins, you just turn the page and you hit it like it's any normal offseason because this was a unique part that you had to pay a lot of attention to. Now, it's time to get down to business. Where does this pool of cash now go to? Do you uh, hold it? Well, Do you go out and spend it now on other players? How, how do you go about approaching this? So the Twins have a little bit more than $3 million. I think there's two things that they could do with it. Okay. The first, and this might be what I'd recommend, is there seven teams that are still in on Otani. Some of them are probably going to need a little bit of extra signing bonus money. Now, keep in mind, it's not that you're trading them $3 million or whatever. It's you're trading them the ability to spend that $3 million. So if you're the Padres and you're in the Otani sweepstakes, but you don't have the money that the other teams do, you could send a prospect to the Twins for a couple million bucks of international Hmm. spending money. That's probably what I'd do if I was Minnesota right now. I'd call the seven teams and I'd say, who needs some extra space to spend on this guy? You're moving on to the next round. Congratulations. Now trade for our money. We'll take your prospects. And then that deal could be because it's too risky to make that deal if you're one of those teams without an assurance that Otani's coming to your team. So I, I would think that if you could put a contingency in there, you get a better prospect. Say, hey, if this $2 million dollars helps you land Otani, then we get, you know, a better player than sure. if you were to just take a shot and yeah. hope that the money led to a time. You, you could potentially do that. I think if you're one of those seven teams, you can't really risk it. you got to get ahead of this thing, um, which will lead to my second point here. But I, I think that if you're one of those teams, go be proactive. Call the other teams with a lot of money. That would be the Twins and the Yankees, by the way. Both have more than $3 bucks. I'd start sending prospects their way to get some of that cash. The other thing that you could do with the money if you're the Twins Remember, uh, Major League Baseball just punished the Atlanta Braves, made them release a bunch of international free agents that they'd signed in last year's class. Those guys are now free to sign starting today. Today's the first day that they're allowed to sign. In fact, I just saw a note on Twitter from Buster Olney that the guy who was considered the top player in that class at the time of signing, uh, Kevin uh, Maiton, the former Braves prospect, big name when he was signed. He signed like a $4.25 million signing bonus. He was now a free agent, but the Angels just scooped him up. So they're already being opportunistic with some of these players that are out there. That's the second thing that the Twins could do with that money. Don't just let it go to waste. Don't just say, oh, well, we missed on Otani. Now we won't spend that $3 bucks." Right. There are some free agents out there that you could still go conceivably get. Add some good prospects to your system with that leftover money. As far as the pursuit of players now, what's your assessment of where the Twins start? And does it start on Sunday? Is that correct when they arrive in Florida? That's right. At the winter meetings? December 10th to the 14th right. are going to be the meetings. So so your sense of where they start is where? Starting pitching, bullpen? I, I would guess it's pitching. 
It's pitching 100%. I'd focus on starters. You need to get both. If you go through this winter without adding a starting pitcher and at least one late-inning reliever, I think you've failed in your off-season duties. But I think that the conversation is a little more complicated than going to figure out which is my favorite free agent out there. I think you should actually have been making these calls. I'm sure they have trade calls because I'm personally a lot more curious to know what would the price of prospects be to get a guy like Brad Hand from the Padres or, you know, Alex Colomay, Raysel Iglesias they've called on. I'd be pretty curious to know what the price tag is on those guys Mm -hmm. because they're going to be cost controlled. You're not going to give them a four year, $60 million deal or something like that, which Wade Davis might command on the free agent market. So eventually you do have to go call free agents. My first phone calls are to teams and wondering about cost-controlled players that I can trade for. That's the that's the trade-off you're going to have to figure out, too, because in general, I'd rather, if I have money to spend, I'd rather spend money or, or trade money for a top arm or a starter, whatever that is, sure. than Nick Gordon or whatever prospect. Uh, but if I could get then, if I'm going to trade Nick Gordon or a top prospect, I need multiple years of a really good player. Yep. Uh, I'm not trading a star young shortstop for a reliever. I would trade him for an in his prime starter if I could get at least two years, maybe three, out of a Chris Archer or somebody like that. I'd love to know, be a fly on the wall. Are the Twins talking with teams like the Rays about a Chris Archer? Or is it solely the Alex Cobbs? You uh, Darvish is another one. I th- if I had to guess, I would say they won't sign you Darvish, but it doesn't shock me that they're in the mix for him. Uh, the unknown factor here and the unpredictability of what this front office tandem is interested in doing sure. is so compelling here how in the much next two or three they, weeks. How much are the, these two guys that we don't know very much about, uh-huh. how much are they willing to push their chips on the table? Right, That's going to be really fascinating to see for a mid-market team. I think your point is dead on, Phil, about preferring to trade money, because you think about it this way. It's going to get a little nerdy. Game theory. You're a business, and you have a limited number of this widget, this widget being prospects. Then you have, theoretically, a, a basically unlimited supply of this other thing over here, money. You could pump that in without any sort of limitation. That's why free agency is the avenue that you see a lot of teams going. But the trend we've started to see in recent years is... Now teams are starting to back off of big money free agents. They're starting to think, boy, do I really want to pay that, you know, that CC Sabathia contract we're on the back end, Albert Pujols contract we're on the back end. I'm just hoping he can walk down to first base. Yeah, there's been way too many crappy contracts in the last 10 years as revenues have gone up, as money has gone up. If you were to if you were to look at all of the 10 plus million dollar per year contracts doled out since whatever, 2007 or something, last 10 years. Yeah. I would say more than 50% teams would rather have back. Because you bump that up, that dollar figure from $10 million to $20 million, it gets even worse. You're looking at contracts for guys who are superstars that by the end of those contracts certainly are not. Now, teams are factoring that in, but I do think one of the reasons we're not seeing very much action early in the hot stove season this year. Almost zero. Basically none. We've seen a couple guys sign. Now it'll start to move a little bit here. Now teams are out on Otani. There's maybe a little more clarity on John Carlos Stanton. What's going to happen there? As you start to see one and two moves made, you might see 10 and 20. I really do think these next two weeks are going to be a flurry of activity in baseball. But it's starting late. 
And I think it's because a lot of teams are wary of that big contract saying, ah, we don't really want to get burned. We'd rather go deal shopping maybe a little bit later, maybe after Black Friday and into the winter meetings. If they move players, who who is your guess? Gordon, where, where do you where do you start as far as making realistic offers of uh, of players from your end that could be dealt? I'm personally, I feel like the Twins are a little too early to start trading some of their prospects. I I think once you're on the cusp of the World Series, you start to move those players. But I think a lot of people want to see the Twins move prospects. I just don't think they're there yet. I think once you have a team that's ready to pop for the World Series, that's when you don't care about the guy. What's he going to contribute six years down the road? I don't care about that. We can win this year's World Series. That's when you go trade for a Justin Verlander, a Hugh Darvish, something like that. I'm not sure that the Twins are in that boat yet. Uh, To use the Astros comparison, Phil, you and I have talked about this in the past on the Touch Em All podcast. A couple of years ago, you might have wanted to trade Alex Bregman to go get some starting help or some relief help patch your pitching staff. Well, you hang on to him, and he becomes a star player that helps you win a World Series. I think it's possible the Twins are in that early stage Astros timeline right now. So I don't think you trade Nick Gordon. I don't think you trade Steven Gonsalves. I don't think you trade Fernando Romero. Certainly, I don't think you're trading Jose Barreos, Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton, those kinds of guys. Those are the people around which you should be building if you're the Twins. Would I trade a fringe guy? Maybe someone that I have questions about? It's Eddie Rosario or Max Kepler or Jorge Polanco. I mean, I'd at least listen, but I don't think that if you're the Twins, you're going out there making calls on your good young players who just got to the big leagues and saying, he'd be available. What could we get for him? Okay. Let me let me throw a scenario then at you guys. Who says no? Who says no? Who says no? We should play this every day. The who says no game. It'll be very dangerous by about a weekend. <laughs> Fifteen hundred ESPN <laughs> reporting that such and such. That's probably not not a good game to play in this current climate in entertainment. Oh, right? See. It's a bad game. Yeah, I didn't um, get that. Yeah. Uh, who says no? Mackie thirty two. Kevin Miguel Sano to the Rays for Chris Archer. So Miguel Sano has like four years of team control left, I believe. And Chris Archer has four years under contract left. He's 28 years old, going to be 29. He makes $34 million over the next four years if you include the team options for 2020 and 21. I'd say no if I was the Twins. Wow. If I'm the Twins? I say yes in a heartbeat if I'm the Twins. If I'm the Twins, I take that deal and I send the Rays a Christmas card with it. <laughs> I would jump out that deal. That's a I violation of uh, MLB policy. It Jared, probably is, and then I'll be stripped of all my prospects, <laughs> and I'll be fired and banned from baseball for life. Here's my rationale. I-, I love Chris Archer. I think they should be on the horn trying to land him in some kind of a crazy trade. That, that would be a lot of fun as well, an that, analyst of this team. That's how you'd land him. You'd okay. offer up one of your best <laughs> position players. Right. But pitchers, higher yeah. risk, volatility with injury. How many of Good those years? I think Miguel Sano is reliable in that department. Fair right. enough. Come on, a, bring your arguments. What more? A I got? fair contention. <laughs> but that's why this makes sense. A fair contention. Miguel Sano is going to be cheaper, and position players have higher upside in terms of the wins above replacement they could give you over the length of that contract. I would be willing to... Side on the safer play, in my opinion, which is potential star third baseman over, yes, a very, very well, good top-end pitcher. But wait, but but knowing what you know about him, aren't you tempted? Like if this For is sure, Bu- I'm tempted. Right, right, but if this is Buxton, I say no. Because I think Buxton's going to be a superstar. And, and yes, he's got his flaws, but I'm pretty sure I, I know what those flaws are, and they can be worked on. Miguel Sano scares me. Okay, real quick, another question here. Percentage chance, because we know that there's... There's some rumblings that Miguel Sano has 
he's he's maybe not taking things as seriously in terms of health, weight, whatever it is. Uh, you know, Rock Nation is in his life now. Percentage chance the Twins trade Miguel Sano within the next two years. Well, you know me. Non-zero guy. Yeah, he's the non-zero chance. I think but... it's at least 20%. Really? Because right. you're going to have to make a decision. You either trade him or you have to think about signing him for like $20 million a year on a huge contract. I think it's higher and than that. And that's not an option I would entertain at all right now. I think it's higher than that. Higher I, than 20%? Higher I than 20%. Lower. Based on this. These guys are going to these guys are going to make a decision on him I think pretty quickly here and if that decision is we can't rely on him as Phil just said they're never going to sign him and and they're going to be smart enough to try and leverage him while while they still can this is the type of guy who's going to reach if he if he continues down this path he's going to reach that time where teams are like oh well we'll take him but boy right now the but I don't think exists yet I think you guys I are too down on Miguel Sano and I think this is a uh a very premature conversation because I think you can say there it's are a premature marks. evaluation. What? I'll just continue on. Never mind. Continue on. <laughs> I'm not no, comfortable. I, I got it. I got Judd it. Judd gets it because he's in the gutter right with me right now. Me. Continue on. Yeah. Yes. I, I came into a sports talk radio studio, so I should have been expecting that. It's a four hour show. We speculate a lot. I do think that having a guy like Miguel Sano, you can nitpick and you can say, yeah, well, he strikes out a lot. Yeah. Boy, I'm concerned about the weight. Yeah, he fouled the ball off his shin and missed the rest of the season. All of those things are fair question marks, and I think that they should be red flags. The yeah but for me is there are not very many guys that can do what he can do in a batter's box. Strike out 200 times in a season. I agree. There's Hit only like six or seven in baseball. <laughs> Let's, to be continued on this, okay, that'd there's be a, a lot of offseason left, and we'll do this on the Touch em All Twins podcast. Derek Wetmore from 1500ESPN.com. It's Mackie and Judd.